ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, in Christ Jesus our Lord, family, friends, and foes, and yes, even foes in the family. And to the standing between the living and the dead, prayer, devotional, memorial, family, evangelistic service, family members, my beloved. This is Daniel White, the third president of Gospel Light Society International with the White House daily reading of the Chronological Bible, episode number 578, where I simply read the Holy Bible in the King James Version each day in chronological order. This unique viewpoint allows us to read the whole Bible as a single true nonfiction story and to see the unfolding of God's plan in history in the present in the future as well. Today, my beloved, we are reading Proverbs chapter 6, verses 31 through 35. Shall we pray? And I would ask, if you are saved, that you would pray. Don't listen to me pray. I'm here to tell you to take every opportunity in your life that God gives you to pray. And especially in these last and evil days, these perilous times, I assure you the song sounds cute, but it is true. A little talk with Jesus will make everything all right. That's the best thing you can do, is have a little talk with Jesus. Shall we pray? Holy Father God in heaven, I pray in the holy name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, help all of these people. We thank you, Lord, for the thousands who have been visiting with us, Lord, each night. Uh, Lord, I don't know where the people come from, but Lord, you're the one who, even without uh, advertisement, uh, you're the one sending people by the thousands. But Lord, help them to pray. And uh, help us all to pray without ceasing. Help us to continue instant in prayer. And Lord, help us 
to pray always. Lord help Daniqua and Danielle to take over and uh, as Daniel Daniel Ezekiel helped helped us to a certain point uh, tonight and all they have to do is take care of all of the other uh, platforms. Give them, Lord, your wisdom and your knowledge, your understanding and your insight. And uh, Holy Father God, we thank you for allowing us to be here once again. And Holy Father God, we praise you and we thank you for the answer to prayer and the uh, amazing miracle that you worked on yesterday that allowed us to take care of something that, humanly speaking, would have been impossible without the miracle you did yesterday. And... As always, Lord, I praise you and thank you for all of the salvation and spiritual, family and life, financial and material, protection and provision, mental and physical blessings that you bestow upon all of us who are your children, who are saved and born again, and who pray to you in faith, believing, and who, by your grace, obey you for the most part. And Holy Father God, Lord, we uh, praise you and we thank you for your love, your grace, and your mercy. We praise you and we thank you for your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, your Holy Spirit, and your holy word and for all of the millions and many and manifold blessings you have bestowed upon us. And Holy Father God, Lord, on this night of great uproar in this country and in the world, the psalmist asked, why do the heathen rage and imagine a vain thing? But your people can be cool, calm, and collected, just like Arthur Ashe. And Lord, I don't know if he was saved. I hope so. Uh, but uh, no doubt he's one of the. He was one of the calmest, coolest, collected, cunning uh, leaders in American history. It's amazing how you prepare people to do things uh, and how you give people gifts uh, and, uh, and, and, and and give people the ability not to try to be like somebody else but to have an impact by being himself. So Lord, we pray and we thank you for that peace that pass of all understanding, your joy unspeakable 
your holy serenity and tranquility of mind and heart. And Holy Father God, Lord, I thank you for my grown children now who are and have been for years the producers and directors of all of these services. And they're on the job tonight as I'm getting uh, the feedback. And so, Lord God in heaven, we pray that you will uh, give them your wisdom, knowledge, understanding, and insight. We thank you for the nights when everything goes smoothly. And Lord, help them to resolve any technical difficulties, uh, particularly with Gospel Light Society, Gospel Light House of Prayer, Go to Church Online, uh, BCNN One, and Holy Father God, we know the devil is busy as well. And Lord, we pray tonight in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that you would rebuke and bind the devil and the demons of hell and the satanic demonic spirit of Judas, Jezebel, Sanballat, and Tobias. Lord, from uh, all of us, everybody here who, uh, and everybody out there who may have that problem, and Lord, we pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, have mercy and grace upon us all. And for Jesus Christ's sake, for those of us who are saved, please forgive us of our sins, our failures, and our faults. And Lord, those who do not have eternal life in them, and therefore really no life, we pray Lord, for the religious but lost, and then the irreligious and lost. Open their blinded eyes, unstop their deaf ears. That includes my wife, Marika White, who is here serving and, uh, and uh, has been for over 34 years, uh, not always faithfully, as you know, not always consistently, not always helpfully. But uh, by your divine power coming out of what she came out of uh, uh, as far as her family is concerned and what I came out of uh, as far as my family is concerned, it's a miracle that we are still together and that you have blessed us to raise seven children by your grace and by your power. And so, Lord, I pray for her salvation and for the salvation of all of my offspring. Open, uh, some are saved, some may not be. Open blinded eyes, unstop deaf ears, and save their souls. And save those who are lost, uh, Lord, in this community, in this state, in this country, and around the globe. And uh, Holy Father God, for those of us who are saved, uh, for Jesus Christ's sake, please forgive us of our sins, our faults, and our failures as we from our hearts, by your grace, forgive those who have sinned against us. And Holy Father God, 
crucify our flesh and the old man within us all afresh and anew and fill us with the fullness and the power, the unction and the anointing, the fruit and the liberty, Lord of your Holy Ghost. As my great-grandmother Brelove used to call him, and your word, of course, calls him that. And so, Holy Father God, uh, tonight, uh, deliver each and every one of us from temptation, evil, and sin. Grant us, Lord, your grace and the power of your Holy Spirit to love right, <clears throat> to live right, to think right, to do right, to act right, and to do that which is pleasing in your sight. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Help all of us, Lord, who are saved, to humble ourselves and to pray, to seek your face and to turn from our wicked ways and help us to get back to you, our first love, Lord Jesus Christ, in a very real sense. And Holy Father God, we pray for the salvation of the lost, for the revival of the saved, for the healing of the sick, for the comfort of the grieving in this country and around the globe. And, uh, and Lord, we pray for those of us who are saved. And Lord, draw them to yourself for salvation. For those of us who are saved, Lord, help us to uh, indeed uh, we pray that you'll lift every burden, every care, every worry, every anxiety, uh, troubles, problems, and fears from our feeble hearts and minds, and fill us, Lord, with your peace that pass of all understanding, your joy unspeakable. And uh, Holy Father God, teach people to pray. And Lord, uh, for you've already taught us how to pray, but Lord, can move upon the hearts of people to have faith in you as our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ said, have faith in God. They, because they're not going to make it without you. And so teach them to pray, to pray without ceasing, to pray when they feel like praying, and to pray when they don't. And uh, to continue instant in prayer, to remember your parable that you gave to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint, no matter how they feel, no matter what they think in their personal lives, in their marriage, in their family. Lord, help them to learn how to pray to you about it. And if they have to pray minute by minute to get through, Lord, that's what you want them to do anyway. And the words of Rick Warren and even some older saints than Rick Warren, because he got it from them. Pray, Lord, teach your people to pray breath prayers. Holy Father, God, help me to deal with this person today. Holy Father, God, protect me while I walk into the grocery store. Protect my children at school. Uh, little prayers, but 
those little prayers are extremely powerful and they get us through because you're the one who gets us through. So Holy Father God, I pray on this Tuesday night. I thank you so much for allowing me to be here tonight. And Lord, I recall what Peter said on the Mount of Transfiguration. It is good for us to be here. And it is. Whenever somebody is praying and we're praying together, it's a beautiful thing, it's a powerful thing, it's a helpful thing. Because the miracle you worked for us on yesterday came through prayer. And, uh, and as you have done thousands of times down through the years, I got the peace the night before. I knew you were going to do something. I didn't know you were going to do that. So help other people to have that experience who name the name of Christ and say they're saved. And Lord, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, deliver us, Lord, once, help us first to all confess our sins sincerely and repent of our sins sincerely by the power of your Holy Ghost. And then, Lord, deliver us from all of our distresses and afflictions, cares and worries and anxieties, troubles, problems and fears, and tribulations and trials and temptations and tests and tensions. Lord, I know that many of our so-called Christian people today are not familiar with these words as they used to be. But they're going through them, whether they want to or not, uh, with their positive mental attitudes and all of that. They still are going through them. And so, Holy Father God, I do pray that you would deliver us all individually and collectively who name the name of Christ, who say that we are born again and who believe in Jesus Christ, deliver us from all spiritual and uh, mental, physical, emotional, family, financial, uh, student uh, loan debt, student progress problems, deliver millions of people saved and lost from a housing crisis, food crisis, utilities crisis, especially your people. And Holy Father God, I do pray also that you will protect my family tonight and all other families that name the name of Christ in this country and around the globe. Protect, Lord, our family and all other families and all other Christian people, especially those who are being persecuted in Nigeria and in America and around the globe. Protect us all from ourselves, our flesh, and the devil, and from the demons of hell, and from evil people in the family, evil people in the church, and evil people in the world. Thank you, Lord, for the privilege of prayer. Thank you, Lord, for the peace that comes through prayer. Thank you, Lord, for the power of prayer. And, Lord, I thank you for hearing and answering prayer. Bring all things to our uh, remembrance. For that's one of the wonderful things that you do, Lord, even as we get older, you have a way of whispering to us things we should remember to do. 
new ideas and things that we ought to pounce on and get done. And I thank you for all of that. And I pray that your people who are with me tonight, uh, Lord, would pray throughout this night. Go to bed praying. Don't get into bed until they pray with whoever is in the house with them. And if they have a devil in the house, a person who is devilish, Lord, help them not to be afraid to pray. Holy Father God, cast the devil out of him or her. Thank you so much for the victory. Thank you, Lord, so much that you came the first time, and so we know that you're coming the second time. Thank you for salvation full and free. And we pray that you would indeed save those who are lost under the sound of my voice. We pray still for over three million souls to be saved through this preaching, uh, gospel preaching ministry alone and millions more to be saved through other ministries around the globe. Please receive all glory, praise, and honor to your name because we're not even worthy to give it to you. And lift up your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Again, Lord, I cannot thank you enough for allowing me to be here tonight. In Jesus Christ's name we pray and forsake. Amen. <clears throat> All right, producers and directors, sound check. Glory be to God. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. I don't know about you. Maybe we'll, we'll, we'll play that song one day because you don't want to hear me sing it. I know some of y'all say, Preacher, you all right? You sing all right? Go on and make a draw for another. I had an older preacher told me, he said, uh, don't do that again. You preach. You can preach. You can do that. Okay, but don't, don't be trying to sing like your daddy because you can't do that, son. hurt me to my heart. <laughs> I thought I was making a joyful noise to the Lord. But anyway, uh, we're going we're gonna to play this song one day. Just a little talk with Jesus will make it all right. Something like that. That's, that's old school. That's old school. <coughs> A little talk with Jesus. It may sound kind of cute, but it's real. <clears throat> I can assure you that. Well, praise the Lord. Thank you for your prayers. Technical difficulties have been uh, resolved with one of our chief uh, producers uh, being away for a little while. And, uh, but my other producers and directors stepped up and, by the grace of God, got the job done. <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. I have the high honor and the distinct privilege and the great, uh, blessing 
and the great pleasure. And I've been saying this for since the beginning of this, way before this, these 700 plus services, almost 800 services. I meant it when I first started saying it, and I, I mean it now. There's something, I know there's something about that name. I like that song too. But there's something about the word. There's something about the there's something about the word. And I'm talking to say people just because say people they doing this right. That's right, preacher. That's right, preacher. It sure is. That's right. Say folk. That's what they, they that's what they're doing. Right. They're nodding their head. That's right. <clears throat> but they know what I'm talking about. Lost people don't have a clue as to what I'm talking about. If you're not saved, you don't know what I'm talking about. Because the word does something down on deep on the inside that I cannot explain. We're at Proverbs chapter 6, verses 31 through 35. <coughs> Going forward. Uh, I want to ask one of my producers, Danielle, uh, to make sure we end whatever we end, whatever we read. Let's end with a period, not a semicolon, not a not a comma, if you know what I mean. But if he be found, he shall restore sevenfold. He shall give all the substance of his house. But whoso committeth adultery with a woman lacketh understanding. He that doeth it destroyeth his own soul. A wound a wound and dishonor shall he get, and his reproach shall not be wiped away. For jealousy is the rage of a man, therefore he will not spare in the day of vengeance. He will not regard any ransom, neither will he rest content, though thou givest many gifts. Shall we pray? Holy Father God in heaven, I praise you and I thank you for your holy word. All of its warnings, all of its rebukes, and all of the encouraging passages, all of the historical passages, all of the uh, futuristic passages second coming of Christ. And the Lord, we know that you came the first time. We look forward to your coming the second time. And until then, Lord, we pray that you would save those who are lost and revive those who are saved. Open the eyes of the blind by the power of your Holy Ghost and uh, making plain your Holy Gospel as I share with your people, uh, as I share with people right now. Lord, help them to understand the gospel because we know that you are not willing that any should perish. Lord, save their souls. Lord, even tonight, in Jesus Christ's name we pray and forsake. Amen. When I was a young teenager
around 12 or 13 years old. And I wanted to gain knowledge and understanding. It was all rooted in pride. I was lost and on my way to hell and not only lost but blind. <clears throat> you make no mistake about it, dear friend, that God plays a huge part in getting us saved. God is the greatest soul winner of all time. Uh, one white brother dared to say that God was the hound of heaven. I would not say that. But what he's trying to say is God zeroes in. Have you ever seen a hound dog go after something? That's how God goes after you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. God will, God will put a hook in you to kind of draw you to him, and God, God is pursuing you. It is a wonderful thing for God to pursue you. While you are running away from him, I was running away from God, the church, and preachers, and everything else. That was the last thing on my mind. And I never wanted to be a preacher. But God, he came after me hard. And he's coming after you hard because God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life, my beloved. Uh, right now, he's tugging at your heart. For some reason, he's got you here tonight. <clears throat> this is why I tell preachers, you just preach the gospel. God, you preach the gospel faithfully, and every time, God's going to send people your way. You stop preaching the gospel, he has, he has no reason to send any, any new folks your way. That's why most churches are dead. Because they stopped preaching the gospel. They got three little points on how to have a happy marriage and all of that. And, and, and all of that has its place. But every sermon ought to have the gospel in it. I believe one of the reasons why Joel Osteen, who is not a great preacher, he'll tell you that. He never wanted to be a preacher either. And however, one of the reasons why he's the pastor of one of the largest, the, the largest church in America, I believe, is because at the end of his sermon, he's going to give a gospel message. It's going to be brief. But he's going to give people an opportunity to get saved and get planted in the church. God blesses that, preachers. <clears throat> so, uh, while the debate is raging, should a pastor preach the gospel every Sunday, every time he preaches? I say yes. You'll have more people in your church because God will bring them because he can trust you to preach the gospel. And make it plain. <clears throat> and I would encourage you to make it a major part. And do even more than what Joel Osteen does. 
make it plain. You can preach on other things, but make sure you preach the gospel as well. So one day I picked up the big old Bible off of our living room table. Now, you know, back in the South, in the black family, you didn't go into the living room. That was all, you know, that's off limits to you as a child. And my grandmother Gladys Beeman. So you wouldn't tap her good furniture. They put thick plastic on their furniture back in those days, and they wanted they didn't want you to go into the living room. They didn't want you to touch the Bible. Now they didn't they didn't read the Bible themselves, but and they didn't want you to read it either. I guess because don't don't say anything near the Bible. Don't say anything on top of it. I'm all for that. Don't touch the Bible in the living room. In the living room, nobody lived in the living room, but that's what we called it. And, and, and it was very uncomfortable, particularly in the summertime, sitting on that hot plastic, thick plastic like this right here, covering the beautiful, you can see the couch, but you can't feel the couch. And so I went in there, and I got the big old Bible, and I sat down and tried to read it. Maybe God was calling me at that point, at that time, I don't know, but anyway. I couldn't get past Genesis chapter 1. It, it bored me to tears. The these and thou's and all of that. I didn't understand it. And, and it's too much for me. So I put the Bible down. I found out later in life that you have to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And get saved. Before you can understand the Bible. The sad part is, I could have died and gone to hell. I, I, and I, I marvel at that. I mean, how God preserved my life. There were many times I could have been dead and gone. Dead and gone. If it had not been for the Lord, who was on my side, having mercy upon me, I should be in hell today. There's no doubt about it. I sh and if anybody should be in hell, it's me. So here's how I became a Christian, how I got saved, how I became born again, and how you can too. And then once you get saved, you will be able to uh, understand the Bible. Soon as I got saved, this is the truth. The church that... Uh, played a part in leading me to Jesus. They gave me a little Bible, a little brown covered Bible. It was in a package. Red letter edition. Tiny words. I couldn't even read it today. Let me tell you what happened. I got saved December the 19th, 19th, 1979. I didn't put that Bible down for a whole year. I mean, I mean, probably three or four years, because we back back in those days, we carried the Bible with us. We called it the sword. You were in sin if you didn't have the sword with you, at all times. 
Oh, yes. The brothers would get on. Where's your sword, brother? I remember Walter Lake. Very proud. You know, he carried himself head up in the air, you know. He got saved around the same time I did. And Walter Lake, he'll see you without your Brother, where's your sword at? And back in those days, you had a, you had the Bible in a beautiful covering that you got from the Christian bookstore. And it had a sword on there. And we had no problem whipping the sword out to lead you to Jesus. Everywhere, anywhere. What? <laughs> uh, witnessing all of the time in front of the NCO club, which was, my, which was my stomping ground before I got saved. If you were to die today, where would you go? We had Bible, gospel tracts, our opening line, and we'll travel. Some people thought we were crazy, and we, 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 we said, no, 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 that's not the problem. You, <laughs> And so, ladies and gentlemen, get saved. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And I assure you, you will love the Word of God and you will understand it. The problem for most of us as Christians is not understanding it, it's doing it. <clears throat> so if you want to be saved tonight, first, <clears throat> pardon me, accept the fact that you are a sinner. <clears throat> for we all have broken God's law. Would you agree that you are a sinner? There are some people who don't know that they're sinners. They have to be told. Have you ever broken any of the Ten Commandments, such as lying, such as stealing, such as lusting after people and things? Have you ever done that? You saw a good-looking woman? And he said, my, 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 wow, she is somebody, I wish I had her. Have you ever done that? Don't tell a lie in church. He said, well, I'm not in church. Yes, you are. Have you ever uh, disobeyed your parents, dishonored your parents, disrespected your parents, got a bad attitude towards your parents? hate your parents, all of that, pardon me, have you dishonored God by taking his name in vain? Have you done evil against God? I just named five of the Ten Commandments that you have broken <clears throat> if you are of age. The Bible says in Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We all have failed God. We are all wicked, evil, undone, ungodly sinners. Makes no difference how beautiful you think you are. Makes no difference how handsome you think you are. 
makes no difference how much money you have makes no difference what kind of car you drive you are a wicked evil and ungodly sinner and some of us who are rich we are just we're more wicked than those who are poor for we have the means to do more wickedness with we have sinned against God are you in that category? Of course you are. You say, but I'm a, I'm a great businessman. doesn't matter. I'm a great singer. doesn't matter. I'm famous on uh, Instagram. does not matter. You are a sinner. And you're guilty before God. And so am I. So is the Pope. So is the Dalai Lama. So is even the nice Joel Osteen. Second, dear friend, accept the fact that there is a penalty, there is a punishment for your sins. <coughs> Pardon me. The Bible says, for the wages of sin is death. The payment of your sins throughout your life is death. And people are dying every day. People, in the words of Sam and Madison, are checking out. And you're going to check out. And I'm going to check out. Oh, we don't think so because we're living right now. We can't even imagine dying. But one day you're going to die. Imagine it. Imagine it. Okay, think about it. You're going to die and meet your maker. The wages of sin is death. God says in his word that it is appointed on the men once to die, but after this, the judgment. Oh, everything's going to be brought into account about what you did with the life that God gave you. God is a very jealous God, by the way. We don't hear that as much as we used to, but God is very jealous. Do you hear what I'm saying to you? God is still jealous. He made you from nothing. You have his breath in you. He created you from nothing. To fellowship with you. And you went the opposite way following the devil. And doing what the devil wants you to do. Instead of doing what God made you to do. And he has a problem with that. He does. And he wants you to understand, and, and this is, is very serious, and he wants you to understand that if he would allow you to die from off of this beautiful ball called earth, and it's beautiful. Now, now heaven is going to be more beautiful than this. Now, so, if you, tra if you have traveled anywhere, even, even though Los Angeles has a whole lot of smog and crime and homelessness now, when the people first 
uh, drove out there, when I first drove out there, in recent times, when you come across that hill and look into that valley, that's a beautiful sight. That's a, I, I've been many places, but when you when you come down into Los Angeles, man, that's beautiful. May, it may not be as beautiful as you used to be. Mount McKinley, Alaska, Hawaii, the blue-green waters of the Virgin Islands. These are images in my mind where I have been just absolutely magnificent. Some of the pictures you get on your computer, uh, uh, they're trying to get you to use it as a screensaver. Absolutely beautiful. This is a beautiful place. Don't you make, uh, uh, make no mistake about it. Now, now we, some of us have lost our uh, interest in how beautiful world, the world is because we have fouled up the world because of our sins. So our lens are all dirty and filthy. But God wants you to understand that if he will allow you to die from this beautiful ball called earth that he hangs on nothing but his power, he will allow you, because of your sins, he will allow you to die and go to hell because of your sins if you do not take advantage of what he did for you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou you shalt be saved. Saved from what? I'm going to tell you because nobody told me until I was 19 years old. Saved from hell, man. Jesus came and suffered and bled and died on the cross for your sins. He paid your sin debt. He is the sacrificial Passover Lamb of God who paid your sin debt, who suffered voluntarily, bled and died voluntarily, went through hell and went to hell voluntarily to pay your sin debt to God was buried and rose on the third day by the power of God, born of a virgin, raised Lazarus from the dead, had been de dead several days and was thinking, walked on the water because he made the water, told the wind to be quiet and the waves to sit down and they obeyed him. What manner of man is this? Because he made the water, he made the sea. He made the oceans. He made the wind. See, Jesus does not need the Concord. If he was here, he would probably take a plane from England to New York, but he could walk across the Atlantic Ocean. You say, well, what about the storms that come up? No worries. Because he'll just tell them to be quiet and sit down somewhere. I made you. Okay? He is the God-man, 100% God, 100% man. You need him. I would encourage you to get to know him strongly. Because he has all power 
and might in his hands. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou you shalt be saved. Saved from what? Saved from hell? And that leads me to what Jesus Christ said about hell. He said a lot. He preached more on hell than all of the prophets and all of the apostles combined. And sadly, he preached more on hell than all of the preachers living today. He preached on hell so hard so hard he talked about he talked about the fire in hell repeatedly one of his most famous sermons on hell nobody has come close to comparing uh, to comparison uh, of Jesus Christ who preached on hell Jesus Christ said very clearly in Mark 9, 43 through 48. And if thy hand offend thee, cut it off. It is better for thee to enter into life maimed than having two hands to go into hell into the fire that never shall be quenched. Where the worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. And if thy foot offend thee, cut it off. It is better for thee to enter a halt into life. The other day a man got married on crutches. Now that's love for you. But he that's what you call halt. Could hardly walk. Then having two feet to be cast into hell, into the fire that never shall be quenched. Where their worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. And if thine eye offend thee, pluck it out. It is better for thee to enter into the kingdom of God with one eye than having two eyes to be cast into hell fire. Where their worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. Your eyes can't stop looking at uh, pornography. A good dose of hell will help you. Your eyes can't stop looking at another man's beautiful wife. Just remember that people go to hell for lust. And Jesus Christ said that if you lust after a woman in your heart, you have committed adultery already. God is concerned about your heart. Jesus Christ is concerned about your heart. No man ever preached like Jesus. The Bible even says no man spake like this. I mean lost people said no man spake like this. Hell is a real place. You think this is hot? You're going to wish you had these hot days when you go to hell because these days are like air conditioned. 
compared to how hot hell is. Hell is a place of torment. Hell is a place of torture. I know it's not popular today, but I believe with all of my heart that if preachers had continued to preach on hell, we wouldn't be in the mess we're in today. Because I'm here to tell you, adulterers are going to hell, adulteresses are going to hell. Fornicators, heterosexuals, having sex outside of marriage are going to hell. And here's what the Bible says about it. But the fearful, uh, Revelation 21.8, but the fearful and unbelieving, the so-called atheists and agnostics, the fearful, people too afraid of their family members and friends to get saved. So fearful they don't have faith in God. And the abominable, these are the people who go beyond the pale in sin. These are people who are so wicked and perverted, they rape little girls and rape little boys. And when they go to jail, the murderers can't stand them, and so they kill them. And I believe sometimes the judge winks at it. I'm sorry, but that's what I believe. Why is that? Because there's some things that the abominable, abominable people do discuss the rest of us sinners. We don't even like it, what the evil they're doing, even though we may be committing adultery. We may be committing fornication, but these abominable people, the, they're committing abominations. These are people who go beyond the pale. Why can't you be satisfied man with a woman? Why can't you be satisfied woman with a man? You're still sinning, committing fornication and adultery, but it's, 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 it's least, at least there's some normality, uh, no, no, some normalness about it. Men going after men, God calls it an abomination. Women going after women, so-called having sex with each other, men with men, women with women, that which is unseemly, the Bible says. And then you have uh, the abomination of incest. Mothers lusting after their sons. Sons lusting after their own daughters. And, and listen, it doesn't make any difference. Natural, that's to me, to me is worse. But, but uh, even your adopted children, you, th th those thoughts are not to be in your mind. These are abominations in God's sight. It's beyond the pale. You're going to hell. Then you have people who, then you got brothers lusting after and having sex with their sisters. A man a few months back married his sister. God forbid. Sisters lusting after their brothers. Having sex with their brothers. God forbid. Fathers. Uh, having sex with their daughters, aunts and uncles and cousins and people uh, see family members 
at reunions and lust after each other. These are abominations in God's sight. And it's so bad. They're not satisfied with all of that. They look at an animal and want to have sex with an animal. It's called bestiality or something like that. People trying to get sexual with a dog, a cat. And then they, then they turn in, and some people are so sick today, they turn themselves into dogs and cats and walk around on all fours, human beings. Some work in your U.S. government. And murderers, people who kill other people, we know about them. And that's happening all around us. And whoremongers, and these are the heterosexual sinners. And, and, and by the way, heterosexual sinners, uh, let me just say this, we're way more than the homosexuals. And, we, 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 and we're just as evil in our way. And we can't, uh, we can't uh, uh, judge others, but we do. But God's going to judge us, those who are whoremongers and uh, whores in the church and outside of the church. And sorcerers, people who practice witchcraft and voodoo, horoscope. Some of you people calling psychics out there in California. You know why they're out there in California? Because they know you can't get to them from Alabama for the lies that they tell you. Sorcerers and idolaters, people who uh, worship everything and everybody but God. And all liars, if God didn't get you on these other sins, some of you looking petrified right now. If God didn't get you on some of these other sins, he's got you on the lying. Liars. Some people lie so much they believe the lies themselves. Shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. This comes straight from the word of God. Did God see you? Did God find you right there? This comes straight from the Bible. These are people who are going to go to the lake of fire or hell. Are you in that number? Stop being proud and arrogant and stubborn and humble yourself down and admit that you are a sinner and you need to be saved. Now hell is the bad news. The lake of fire is bad news, and it's real. You say, well, I just can't believe that our loving God would put us in hell. God didn't put you in hell. He did everything he could to save you from hell. If you go to hell, you, you put yourself in hell. You can't blame God. You can't blame Jesus. You can't blame anybody else but yourself, especially after the night because you heard the truth. So hell is bad news, but I have some good news for you. Jesus Christ said in John 3.16, For God so loved the world. That includes you. You, talking about God, I can't believe God would send us hell. 
For God so loved the world, that includes you, red, yellow, black, and white, we're all precious in God's sight. That he gave his only begotten son, he gave up his only son, his only begotten son, Jesus Christ. The only superman of all time, the God-man, he was God, if you will, wrapped in flesh, walking among us. His other name is Emmanuel, God with us. That's right, God came to earth in the Son of God. He suffered, he bled, and he died the cruelest death in the history of the world. Was buried and rose on the third day by the power of God. All you have to do, my friend, is believe in him. Jesus didn't say you have to join a church. Jesus never said you have to go to church to get saved. Uh, Jesus did not say you had to take the right hand of fellowship. Jesus did not tell you that to get saved you had to get baptized. Or to speak in tongues. Or to run around the church. Or to shout. Or to give any money to the church. None of that will save you. Only pardon me, only he can save you. And all he wants you to do is believe in him. Trust in him as savior. And he will save your soul. And then he will walk with you throughout the remainder of your life, teaching you to be a disciple unto him. And it will be the greatest journey of your life. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever, there's that word whosoever, that includes you. The person still questioning and, and thinking that God uh, would not send them to hell. God did everything he could to save you from hell. He died for your sins. Whosoever believeth in him should not perish, that is perish in hell, but have everlasting life. So believe in him today. Pray and ask him to come into your heart to save your soul. For the Bible says in Romans 10, 9, and 13, very clearly, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou, you, shalt be saved, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It is just as simple as that. That's how I got saved. A man who hated preachers, hated the church. A man who cursed and swore to his friends that he would never be a preacher in his life because his dad was a preacher and that was the last thing on earth. I hated my dad for being a preacher. And so... Uh, if God can save me, God can save you. So believe in your heart in the Lord Jesus Christ and pray with me the sinner's prayer. Mean it from your heart. Don't pray it if you don't mean it because God is not going to make you and I can't make you. So let's pray. 
Repeat after me phrase by phrase and mean it from your heart. Holy Father God, I admit that I am a sinner and that I have broken your Ten Commandments. And as you know, Lord, I have committed many other sins repeatedly in your sight. For Jesus Christ's sake, please have mercy and grace upon my soul. And please forgive me of all of my sins, my failures, and my faults. As I believe in you, Lord Jesus Christ. As I believe your gospel that you suffered, you bled, and you died on the cross for my sins. Was buried and rose on the third day. By your power, Holy Father God. Lord Jesus Christ, please come into my heart and into my spirit and save my soul today. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and help me to repent of all of my sins. Help me to change my behavior. Help me to turn from uh, my wicked and evil lifestyle and to follow you in the new life, Lord Jesus Christ. For it is in your holy name I pray, amen. Now, dear friend of mine, if you believed in your heart in the Lord Jesus Christ, that Jesus Christ suffered, bled, and died on the cross for your sins, was buried and rose on the third day, allow me to say to you congratulations on doing the most important thing in life, and that is believing in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. For more information to help you grow in your newfound faith in Christ, please go to gospellightsociety.com and read my book titled What to Do After You Enter Through the Door. Jesus Christ said in John 10:9, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. And dear friends, if you believed in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior today, please email us at dw3 at gospellightsociety.com and let us know so that we can rejoice with you. And we have some free material that will help you grow in the faith and stand strong in the faith and be the disciple that God wants you to be. If you have a prayer request, please email that in to us as well, and we will pray for you until you tell us to stop. Now, beloved, at this time, we're going to move on to the next segment of our standing between the living and the dead service already in progress if you will 
Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, our Lord and Savior, family, friends, and foes, and yes, even foes in the family, and uh, to the standing between the living and the dead service family members. And if you just received the Lord as Savior, this will be your first Bible study. This is Daniel White, the third president of Gospel Light Society International, with the Scripture and the Sense podcast, episode number 982, where I simply read the Word of God, the Holy Bible. Uh, and uh, give the sense of it based on an authoritative commentary source such as the Bible Knowledge Commentary or the Matthew and or the Matthew Henry Commentary or some other reputable commentary or study Bible. This podcast, my dear friends, is based upon Nehemiah chapter 8 verse 8 where it says, Ezra and the Levites read in the book in the law of God distinctly and gave the sense and caused them to understand the reading. The aim of this podcast is that through the simple reading of the Word of God, the Holy Bible, and the giving of the sense of it, it is my humble prayer that the church would be revived and that the world would be awakened and saved from the wrath of God and saved from the eternal burning hell by believing in the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior who said the most important words in the history of the world For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Tonight, my dear friends, we are reading and looking at and studying Malachi, the last book of the Old Testament. Malachi chapter 3, verse 8. We're still dealing with, will a man rob God? Will a man rob God? Yet ye have robbed me. But ye say, wherein or wherein have we robbed thee? In tithes and offerings. Dear friends, I just read in your hearing once again Malachi chapter 3 verse 8. Now here is the sense of it. Here is the understanding of it. With the help of the Holy Ghost and the Bible knowledge commentary. Again, the nation's problem had to do with offerings or part of their problem was that the second oracle dealt with the attitude of disrespect to God 
which led them to a profaning of the offerings to God. See, this is why it's important when you're dealing with people in the church who claim to be Christians and children in the home and even a wife in the home where you say, well, uh, why didn't you say the husband? Because God will deal with the husband. It's not the wife's place to deal with the husband. So, well, I deal with my husband. That's why your, your marriage and your family is in a mess. It's out of order. But the, the point is, you must deal with the heart you must deal with the attitude and the spirit of a person before you get them to understand the importance of doing something for God and for the work of the ministry. Because if that is not dealt with, oftentimes rebuked, should be rebuked, and punished, and chastised, or whatever the case might be, then you're going to constantly have a problem on your hands. People who have bad attitudes, uh, they are a tragedy uh, ready to happen. You got to deal with that. And I've dealt with all of my children that way. I'm more concerned about your attitude. Because if you get your spirit, your heart, and attitude right, then you will do right. I've dealt with my wife about that. Her bad attitude uh, needs to be uh, dealt with. Because if she doesn't get her attitude right, which is really... Uh, a reflection on how she feels towards God, really. Uh, and I know that there are many uh, sweet evangelicals and other Christians who want to blame the husband for everything. Uh, and in most cases, I don't believe that to be the, the main issue. I believe the problem in most homes contrary to what most pastors preach because they know better, Mo what most contrary to what most men say because they know better, or they think they know better because they fear their wives, I believe the biggest problem in the home today are disobedient, rebellious, I am woman, hear me roar, bobbed hair, stubborn, disobedient women in the home. Wives and mothers and women. <clears throat> it's not your place to correct your husband or to put your husband in your mind in his place. You let God do that. But there are many women and many women that you, you say, well, don't you, aren't you afraid women are going to 
hate you. There's some who do, but they, they come back and listen, they, and they say, let me hear what this man's going to say. You know why? Because there's a deep down hunger in all women for a man to be a man and not be intimidated by them. And I'm never afraid of dealing with women because God has wired them a certain way. And even though they may verbally, outwardly disagree in front of their husband and so forth, but when they get around their girlfriend, you know, but uh, he's right about what he's saying, even though I'm not doing it. And I know some girlfriends who are that way too. Bossy, bobbed hair, be devilish, mean, hateful. And what has amazed me is how so many women group up together and just fight each other, but yet they they hold on to their sisterhood power and will will stick together even though even though they don't like each other and call each others uh, call each other bitches and whores and everything else. Yes, even in the church, and so forth and so on. My whole point is, whoever you are, get your, if you're saved, you have the power to change. Change your attitude. Because someone said this, sounds cute, but it's true. Your attitude determines your altitude. Some of you, some women get everything they want in life because of their attitude. And, and they wouldn't even call themselves virtuous women, but they know how to choose to have a good attitude and spirit with your husband, with your children, with your boss, whatever the case might be. And they get everything they want. Some of you women, you don't understand. You think that you have power in your nasty, stinking attitude, and you don't. It makes you look very small and childish. And the same thing for men. Some men have bad attitudes. Young men, some young men have bad attitudes, bad spirits. Children have bad attitudes and bad spirits. And so, uh, get your attitude straight. And then the other stuff will work itself out. God will bless you if you get your heart and your spirit and your attitude right. Seriously. And you can, you can avoid a whole lot of problems with God, with the law, in your marriage, in your family, if you get your heart right. I've told my wife down through the years, you need to get your heart right. All this other stuff you're talking about does not mean anything. See? And some of you poor husbands out there, anytime your wife say anything, you think it's your fault. That's the game she plays on you. It's nothing but manipulation. And she'll have you jumping around like popcorn. And you should not let her do that to you. You're in charge of that relationship. You're in charge of that family. 
You maintain under God the right attitude and spirit, and God will bless you. And yes, people, God will bless one spouse and not the other. Just like God will take one spouse to heaven and leave the other behind. They full of hell and the devil. God has no respect of persons. But you're responsible for your attitude and your spirit. Same thing goes for teenagers and young adults. And, and parents, don't be afraid to rebuke your teenagers and young adults. And tell them about their attitude. They're not going to like it because they already have a bad attitude. But you need to do your job and tell them so that when they leave, you have left it all on the field. And you have peace in your heart. You told them about themselves. They didn't like it then. They don't like it now. But at least you told them. You need to tell them. Don't wait for somebody else to have to tell them. You tell them. They hate you, so be it. Hopefully one day they'll get saved and they'll understand it better by and by. There, the quality of the sacrifices was in question. See, God is not concerned about what you can give him because he doesn't need anything. He wants you to get your heart right, your spirit right, your mind right with him. If that means getting saved, if that means examining yourself to see whether or not you be in the faith, if that means examining yourself and you see how that you cannot possibly be saved, with a track record of 10, 15, 20, 30, 40 years of hellaciousness and rebelliousness, disobedience, hatred, malice, the silent treatment, lying, dishonesty, stealing, deceit, on and on, it never ended. No pausing whatsoever. You have no fruit. You need to be born again. And then your attitude will change once you trust Christ as Savior. It won't change overnight, but it, it'll, it'll start changing. You have a sweeter spirit. How many of you have been with somebody? They may be beautiful. They may be handsome, whatever the case might be. They look good on it. Let, let, me, let me tell you something. Let me tell you people something. You cannot go by how people look. Now, I'm, I'm pausing for a reason. I want you to get that. There are some sick, sick people in this world who look great. And you better pray and ask God for deep discernment and wisdom before you get involved with somebody. Look me deeply into my eyes and see if I'm playing with you. I'm trying to help you. I don't care how good they look. Have you ever been with somebody? They look good. But uh, on the inside, they're ugly. And got an ugly attitude and an ugly spirit. Huh? You know what I'm talking about? And, and, and nothing can erase that ugliness on the inside. 
These are they who can get in the bed right beside you, turn their back, and, and won't say a word to God or to you. And they won't tell you what's wrong, but they, you know they got a bad spirit about something. I, I feel sorry for you if you got that kind of problem. And then, there, and then the, some of these folks like that, they're hard nut to crack. And if you keep pressing, they will react violently against you. They'll turn over and say, if you say another word to me, I'll stab you while you sleep. <laughs> huh? You better be careful who you mess with. I don't care how handsome and how muscular he may be. I don't care how fine she is, and I'm gonna tell you something. That's that's a big problem for many men. How fine a woman is, how God molded that woman to be just dripping fine, and can be so ugly on the inside, and not only ugly but sick in the head, emotionally unstable. I'm talking about the kind who, who are on, they're on medication for their mentality. You know? Listen, let me help you something. Let me help you now. Okay, do not date anybody. I don't care if you get mad about it or not. Don't date anybody who is taking pills for their psychology, for their mind. May God help us all. Do you hear me? There are many, there are women out there today who are fine as wine. And I don't care what my Baptist preachers, my, my, my beloved Baptist preachers say. Uh, there's nothing more finer than a wine from Carolina. <laughs> a wine bottle of some good Cabernet. I don't care what you got to say about it. It's fine. But, but there's something better than a fine bottle of wine. That's a fine woman. But not the kind who they're taking medication for. I'm not talking about an ailment, a physical ailment in their body. But they're taking medications and there are millions of these women doing this today. Look at me real good. They're taking medication to heal their minds and their psychology and to keep them at a certain level uh, to try to suppress the demons that are on the inside of them and their multiple personalities which are legions of demons. And when you find that out, see this is why I believe all of these apps, they need to declare what pills are you taking? Especially the old geezers on our time. You say, preacher, have you ever been to our time? Nope. I've never been to our time. I'm not. Uh -uh. No, 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 no. I'm 61. I, I feel like I'm 21, 31 at least. Huh? In a certain area. Without pills. You understand? And none of the new. Uh-uh. 
I'm not interested in another 61-year-old companion. I'm not with downtown, down, down, downtown Abbey. Huh? Uh, what? What? We can't, uh, we can't do anything together. And plus, I, I need to know what kind of pills you're taking. Are you willing to declare your pills? Most women don't even want to declare their age. You know they don't want to declare all the pills they're taking. I believe these apps ought to say, okay, now, you need to declare what kind of medication you're on. Because if you're on crazy medication for your so-called mind issues and psychology issues, baby, we can't go anywhere together. You popping a pill to keep a certain level of sameness? Uh-uh. Because I don't know who I'm talking to. I don't know if I'm talking to a devil or one of your personalities or your legions of demons or, 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 or what, or what. What's going on? And the same thing for a man, especially a man, you women. Well, you know, he's taking some medication for his um, uh, 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 schizophrenia. Uh, I, 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 I stop right there, baby child. Stop right there. Stop right there. He, he doing what? Okay, well, he's going to kill you. So, uh, you know, I just want to tell you up front that that's what's going to happen to you. If he's taking any kind of pills like that, dealing with his brain, his mind, and all of that. I don't care if you like it or not, you people in the church or outside of the church. I can care less. I don't want my daughter to marry anybody taking pills for schizophrenia. I don't care how good he looks. I don't want my son marrying no crazy woman on pills for her mind. I'm never taking any pills for my mind. And some of you people need to stop taking pills and get you a good cab for about $10 and drink a half a glass for you women and a whole glass for you men about three times a week. You'll be fine. Take a little wine for your body, a little toddy for the body. I don't care if you sweet Baptists don't like it. I love you. You're my brothers. But y'all need to stop lying, talking about Jesus Christ made grape juice. He never did that. He made wine with a kick. <laughs> stop lying to people. And you drinking wine at the house. But you want to stand up in the pulpit and send other people. Deacon so-and-so and, and your uh, armor bearer, liar, lying armor bearer, to the liquor store. Because you don't want to be seen at the liquor store. When Jesus made wine, some of you people, if you read about all of the theologians know that wine is a sign of blessing, not cursing. All the theologians, all of the theologians know that. Now, there are there warnings? Yes. Well, I'm, I'm trying to help you. When you eat, like we eat in America, you drink a little wine with it to clear your mind and your, your vessels and all of that out on a regular basis. Man, woman. Then you won't be taking all these doggone pills. You're worse off with those pills. And you need to declare those pills when you get on our time at 64. This is, 
Because I've already told all the people, I, I'm not even looking at you. I don't even, I would never even go to our time. God forbid if my wife died, I would have to get with somebody, a beautiful female, but she would probably be 20, 30 years younger than me. She can't be on metformin with me, which I'm not on anymore because of little wine, thank God. They want me to get on it, but I'm not get. I don't get on, I'm not on that. I don't want her to be on an aspirin regimen, which I'm not on anymore. You know why, people? Because God in heaven told me to drink a little wine for my body. And so I'm not on any of these pills. I take a vitamin. And, 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 and things in the vitamin family, natural stuff. But anyway, I digress. Here the quantity was the issue. The nation God answered was robbing God by not bringing tithes and offerings. Why? Because their attitude was wrong. If you are not giving to God as you should, if you are not witnessing for God as you should, if you are not obeying God as you should, it's because your heart is wrong. Your attitude is wrong deep down, and that's what God is concerned about. That's what Jesus is concerned about. That's why he said, if you lust after a woman in your heart, you have committed adultery as far as God. He's concerned. As far as he is concerned. You've committed adultery in your heart. Because God is concerned, God looks on the heart, not the outward appearance, like we do. You know why we have so many divorces too? Because we go for that look. Oh, oh girl, yeah. Uh-huh, yeah, we, can get, we need to get together. Uh, we go for how beautiful she is, how handsome. And then we find out they're sick in the head and sick in the heart. And we'd be looking for the exits. I got to get away from this Negro right here. Before he makes me crazy. And I'm already close to the edge, so don't push me. The tithe was literally a tenth of all produce and livestock which the people possessed. A tithe was to be given to the Levites, who in turn were to give a tithe of the tithe to the priests. The Israelites were also to bring a tithe of their produce and animals and eat it with the Levites. Glory be to God. Before the Lord. Before the Lord in Jerusalem as an act of festal worship. Also, every third year, a tithe was to be stored up in the towns for Levites. God did not play with the tithe and offerings. And we hear people in the ultra-grace movement, they tickle me, these people. Okay, it's grace. It's, it's not ultra-grace or super-grace, it's grace. It's amazing grace. But see... God's amazing grace will help you to live right and do right. And so, well, I just do grace giving. That's fine. You can do grace giving. 
but it ought to be above the tithe and 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 and, and so forth. You ought to at least pass that, surpass that to God. It's not it has nothing to do with your church, or your pastor, and you ought not be in a church where uh, the pastor is all about the money. This is between you and God. One of the reasons why my oldest daughter Danny is. Uh, so rich to the point of helping me in the ministry, helping her siblings, living in a mansion, driving a Mercedes at the age of 31, is because I taught her how to tithe and give years ago. When she was a little girl, probably 13, 14 years old, we would get on our little rinky-dink computer she wanted to support World Vision. And I taught her, and this, this literally happened, if we got a dollar in, she would give 20 cents <clears throat> or whatever, 25. We are always, always taught my children to, to do 15% or 20%, not just 10%. And we would get on the computer and she'll give 25 cents. She'll give uh, if we get ten dollars, she'll give a dollar and fifty, a dollar and fifty cents, or two dollars. I taught her to do that, and she and she been so thankful and and giving, and she also uh, God put in her heart as a uh, a child. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. This is a life verse, and all of these other things shall be added unto you. And that's exactly what has happened. And she's helping me pass that on down to her siblings. And all of them want to do well as well. Sad to say, Danny and my daughter Danita, they're really the only mothers that these children know. Real mothers who took care of them when they were coming up. I know you don't like that, but that's the truth. My wife is standing right here. She didn't, she didn't rise to the occasion. There are people in this world who sometimes, for whatever reason, do not rise to the occasion. That's just the reality. There's no need to lie about it. Ain't nobody's mad about it. The children are not mad. Uh, they're still loving. But they do remember. And I remember. See? And so, glory be to God for it working out as good as it has. Strangers, widows, and orphans. While the word offerings may refer to offerings in general, it seems to refer here to those portions of the offerings as well as those portions of the tithes designated for the priests. If the Levites and priests would not receive the tithes and offerings, they would have to turn to other means of supporting themselves. As a result, the temple ministry would suffer just like the church ministry will suffer today and many churches suffer because people have the wrong attitude towards God the wrong attitude towards sin the wrong attitude and spirit towards people toward the wrong attitude and spirit towards their spouse so they don't do what God has commanded them to do Because they're down here jiving with the turkeys instead of flying with the eagles. Okay? <clears throat>
Now, dear friends, we move to the family segment. And we're coming to a close. I was going to preach twice tonight, but I'm probably not going to be able to do that. We move now to the family segment, what I have dubbed the family verses, found in Ephesians chapter 5 and uh, chapter 6. And today we're dealing with fathers. We're on the second day dealing with fathers. Fathers. And husbands. The man in the family. According to God's word. God had a whole lot more to say to husbands and fathers because they have more responsibilities and they will answer to God for the entire family. But let me say something to you right off the bat. This sweet evangelical philosophy, listen to me, that the wife would act a certain way if the husband would act a certain way is not biblical. Do not allow yourself, husbands, to be trapped into that lie of foolishness. She's going to take you on a ride, buddy, that you'll never get off. Because they have bought into that, that these slick preachers who appeal and appease women for many wrong reasons. Huh? Before you know it, husbands, your wife will be more in love with the past of the church than you. Okay? I'm not telling you that because that has ever happened to me because I've been the only pastor my wife knows. So I'm not uh, concerned about that. I'm telling you because I know how easy that can happen. And many pastors, some knowingly, some not knowingly, have stolen the affections of your wife. That's why I tell you, husbands, do not send your wife out to a church without you. Because some of these doggish pastors that have your wife upside down on the table doing all kinds of ungodly things. Okay? I'm telling you this because that's what's happening. And so don't don't do that. You you keep your wife with you. And if she wants to run away from you and she does not want to stay there with you, then let her go. Uh, but here's what you tell her. You can go on out there if you want to without me, and, and I'm here, wanting you to stay home. Just don't come back. Go home. But if you want your husband, when you get back, you need to stay here. 
You're not going anywhere. Why did why because I said so. Because she doesn't understand that. You as a man, you know how men are, so don't be stupid. Not in this damn time. Now, there, there might have been a time back in the day, down at the church in the veil, that you didn't have to worry about that. But now you have, you, better, you better be concerned about that. That's right. So I want to tell you, straight up, husbands and wives, the lying game that these pastors have put out for years, for over 50 years now, that see husband, if you do this, then she'll do this. To hell with that. I've cast that back into hell for you. There's no such thing. That's not biblical. It's not. I don't care who said it. It is not biblical. Your wife needs to obey God. Whether you, watch this, whether you obey God or not, and you need to obey God, whether your wife obeys God or not. There's nothing, nothing is contingent upon your behavior. Her behavior is not contingent upon your behavior. God never said that. And uh, her behavior is not contingent upon your behavior. In fact, God says the opposite. Even if you have a lost husband who's a devil, not even saved, not close to being saved, you can win him over by your conversation. And that's not talking. That's your life. As a Christian. I believe my wife is still here, not because of how great I am, but how great God is in me, and Jesus is in me. You can't fake that. You can't fake Christianity, man. She knows that she has the real deal. She would never stay. There's no way in the world she would have stayed. Okay, so that, I just want to say that God wanted me to tell you that right off the bat. Now, that does not mean you need to go out here and act like a cad and a devil, sir. I mean, if you're saved, you're not going to do that. You don't think that way. If a wife is saved, she's not going to do that. She's not going to think that way. See, Ephesians chapter 5, verses 25 through 32. Husbands, love your wives. That is a commandment from God, even as Christ also loved the church. And gave himself for it. Now let's just stop right there, because here's another lie that some sweet evangelicals have said. Now listen, nobody else needs to be dying for your sins. We're not talking about that. I'm not even sure whether or not uh, it's talking about you dying for your wife at all. That's not really the plan. Because living with your wife is, is a greater feat than dying for her. You know, some of these men who's a, who are so romantic, they say, I love you so much, I'll die for you. Well, I love my wife. I'm not too sure. I will try to do everything I can to avoid anybody getting shot or anybody getting hurt. Including myself. 
I'm not too sure whether or not I would lay down my life for my wife like that. I, I'm just being honest with you. I'm not too sure. I, 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 don't, uh, I hope I would uh, be willing to take a bullet for uh, uh, in my mind right now. I'm, I'm not too sure. However, because of God's love, God's agape love, I love her. I don't believe God is calling me to die for her like some sweet evangelicals have uh, told men for years, you ought to love her so much that you you would die for her like Christ died for her. Well, Jesus died for everybody. Jesus died for her and me. So we don't need to be talking like that. That's not the plan. I don't care if you like it or not, you sweet evangelicals. That's not the plan. The plan is for the, us to live together until death do us part in a natural way. <clears throat> Now, if someone broke in the house, I, I would start shooting and whatever and to, to try to protect uh, everybody who's in the house with me. But uh, uh, all of this slavishness, uh, how that a man ought to be like a doormat for the woman and, and he can't say anything back to her, he can't say anything to her, he can't tell her nothing and he's supposed to be so humble and meek and broken and and sweet that she can just run all over them? No. No. That's not what God is talking about. However, you ought to love her. And if you're saved, God will help you to do that. Uh, let me help you people. You Nobody, none of you, male or female, you don't have any love worth anything. You need to stop thinking stupidly like that. You don't have any love worth anything worth even having. <clears throat> it's all God. If you're saved, it's the God kind of love. Your love is fickle, selfish, <clears throat> only concerned about what you want. You don't have any love worth desiring. It's the God kind of love, the agape love. I hope you have some other loves like Eros love for certain times of the week let's get it on that's fine and, and natural family love for your family that, that, I mean yeah, but you don't have any and all that comes from God contrary to what you think none of it comes from the devil it comes from God even sex some of you may think it comes from the devil while involved, but it comes from God, man. God is a good God. Any God who would create sex for men and women is a great God. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. There's nothing ugly about it. It's ugly to you because you got an ugly mind. You have a wicked mind. That's, that's the problem. Okay, God, God sees it as a beautiful thing. Now, one thing I will say about my wife, she's never failed me in that area. And God bless us with seven children from that union. Seven children that God used to turn, help turn the world upside down with the gospel. Every last one of them served God. I mean every day and even to this day. 
Now what is that? That's a blessing that came from sex. That's right, I said it in church. S-E-X, sex. Let's talk about sex in church because you're talking about it behind the scenes in the pastor's office, in the closet, you devils. Huh? At the hotel room, you Ashley uh, Madison numbers in the church. You want Ashley Madison because you want a pastor's wife who understands. You're a pastor, and she's a pastor's wife, and you both understand. You can't tell anybody what's going on, and you, you feel safe that nobody's going to know. But there are some Negroes who can look up what's going on on, uh, on Ashley Madison behind the scenes, and they've already spilled the beans on you once. Some preachers committed suicide because their name was on Ashley Madison. Sounds like a good concept, but let, let me tell you something about the computers, people. Anybody can break in on you and see what you're doing. There are people watching you right now. I said there are people, and, and there are some of your church members are watching you right now looking at pornography, Pastor. They got your number. They done tapped in your computer. Listen, listen to me. Don't be stupid. You people on your little phone think everything is secret. There are people watching you. There are people who have already tapped into your phone. You can't stop it. They can cut your phone on. You cut it off while you committed adultery uh, so they won't hear the sound you're making. They can cut your phone on, man. Don't be stupid. They're already on your computer. They're on your computer before you get on it. You better trust in God. Don't trust in technology. You better do the right thing. Because they're people, they're youngsters. You think you're hiding something? They can find it. There, there are people who know that if they get on a computer at the church and uh, 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 pop-ups come up, uh, uh, homosexual pop-ups, sexual pop-ups, uh, heterosexual pop-ups, pornography, they know somebody in that church is looking at pornography, man. Not only that, the sheriff is watching you, the police are watching you, the FBI is watching you, and you think that Alexa can't hear you just because you don't say Alexa? Are you stupid? You better cut Alexa off, unplug her from the wall, because she can listen to you even when you think she's off. I, I know some of you don't know this because you think that you're a little tapping on that nobody knows what evil you're doing. Everybody knows it. Many people know it. They just don't tell you. Why would they tell you? Especially you older preachers and older pastors while trying to be cute and, and, uh, and like the youngsters. The youngsters can type uh, a book on the phone faster than you can type hey uh, let's meet up at so and so and so and so okay nobody you know your children know they just they, they, they love you and they respect you and they don't tell you what you're doing they'll try to block you and try to stop you you devils you old curmudgeons you old devils in the church trying to be slick Trying to be cute, you can you can set your destination on who you're going to meet and where you're going to meet at, and somebody be there watching you. 
Because they're, they, they, they're following everything you say. Well, this, is, this is common knowledge. This is very easy to do. If you have a cell phone, people can follow you everywhere you go. And your children know how to tap your cell phone. You, you're talking about tapping their cell phone. You can try all you want to, but they, 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 they know how to tap your phone. If, if you travel somewhere, you always see certain people or certain groups or certain uh, 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 officials. Somebody's following you. Somebody, it's not, they, don't have a, they don't have a tag on your car. They have a tag on your phone. Okay? So, you, and you can't stop it. But what you can stop is get saved and act like you're saved and go on and don't worry about it. Because you are under surveillance, Pastor. Pastor's wife. Deacons. On the deacon board who need the board put on them. Trustees, everybody in the church. And that's all I'm going to read today for husbands and fathers. And uh, we'll read some more tomorrow on our third day. So right now, let's pray for families that don't know Jesus and families that say they do. And let's pray for some other people as well. And then we'll close out. Holy Father God in heaven, I pray. In the holy name of the Lord Jesus Christ, thank you for this magnificent time together. Please save families that don't know your Savior. Revive families that do and help both sets of families Get back to your word and do it your way because nothing else works. Holy Father God, we pray for the salvation of the lost, for the revival of the saved, for the healing of the sick, for the comfort of the grieving in the morning around the globe. And Lord, we pray for all people who name the name of Christ, who say that they're saved. Lord, have mercy and grace upon us as your people and forgive us of our wicked, evil, and ungodly sins. Of disobeying your great commandment and your great commission. And Lord, save those who think they're saved and fill everybody who is saved with the fullness and the power of your Holy Spirit to get back to you, our first love. Help us to humble ourselves and to pray and to seek your face and to turn from our wicked ways and to repent of our sins and get back to you, our first love. And it's amazing, Lord, that you would forgive us. That's what's so beautiful about you and the gospel. Once we become your child, Lord, if we would just Take heed to your word and humble ourselves and pray and seek your face and turn from our wicked ways and repent and, and, and come back to you. You'll forgive us and cleanse us and bless us and everything. I don't know how you do it, but I thank you for doing it. And Holy Father God, I also pray, Lord, today uh, for 
uh, all people who are in uniform. We thank you for the men and women in uniform, including the ambulance drivers and all of the hospital workers and all people who are in authority, from the president on down to the police officer and uh, everybody who works in law enforcement. You know, I thank you for them, and as you have commanded me to do, and uh, I pray that you will save them all who are lost, revive those who are saved, rebuke and bind the devil, his demons, and his host from all of the others, and cast out devils and demons uh, in people who are in authority, in Congress, and uh, in the White House and other places that they will do things in such a way that we may lead peaceful and quiet lives. And uh, Holy Father God, I do pray that you will help Clarence Thomas and others to do the right thing. We don't have 50 years. We don't even, I, I don't, Lord, I don't think we have 50 months. But, uh, and do the right thing and overturn this demonic homosexual foolishness as they overturn Roe versus Wade. We pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that, Lord, uh, you would indeed protect those who are being persecuted uh, for their faith. Christians, thank you for paving the way for that coach who fought for five or six years for a simple right to pray in public. We give you the glory, the praise, and the honor. And Lord, as I mentioned earlier, we do pray for the millions of people who are hurting from the coronavirus plague to this day. Some people are still sick. Lord, I uh, know and I believe in my own family. Some people have uh, lingering effects from the coronavirus psychologically and mentally. And uh, so we pray that you deliver them and deliver all others as well. We pray, Lord, for the family and friends of Albanian resident Adi Krasniki. We pray for the family and friends of Albanian resident Zika Miliam. We pray for the family and friends of Albanian resident Miliam Zika. And the family and friends of Brazil resident Adrian Jolie. Jolinjo, and we pray for the family and friends of Albanian resident Jiton Musa. We commit these souls into your hands, Lord, let your will be done in their lives and in ours as they go through this difficult time in their lives. And there are so many millions of people hurting. Comfort them as only you can. Draw them to yourself for salvation. And Lord, we pray now for all of the prayer requests that have come in, and we pray, Lord, for the thousands who have sent in prayer requests in the past. Thank you for thousands of answers to prayer uh, because of your holy word that says, Ask and ye shall receive, seek and ye shall find, knock and it shall be opened unto you. And Lord, we pray for, and we pray for salvation and spiritual, family and life financial and material, protection and provision, mental and physical blessings upon all of the thousands that we prayed for before by name and uh, for their specific needs as we pray for uh, the new prayer requests as well. 
We pray for Marie Grace. Please place the strongest protection over her house and over her family and property. Deliver her from the gangs and give her new life. We pray for George. Please enable him to devote his life to knowing you and concentrating on on spiritual matters. Enable him to complete all tasks in his workplace so the auditor will be satisfied and for his wife to realize that he loves her and obey and honor him. We pray for Pastor Bushibi. Please heal Timothy from problems with his prostate and kidneys. Please heal Melanie's eyes completely and bless the surgery. Please heal and comfort Dan and Evelyn after their mother's death and bless them with the money they need to support uh, them. And Holy Father God, we pray now for the people who have gotten saved by believing in you through the gospel that was preached from this uh, pulpit. We pray for Put, we pray for Al-Azid, we pray for Naomi, we pray for Zerog, and we pray for Evans. We pray for all of the other thousands who have gotten saved as well. Help them all to grow in the faith and be the Christians and the disciples that you want them to be. For you're the great maker of disciples. And we pray, Lord, for the people who have recommitted their lives to you. We pray for Kathy, Kufa, Debbie, Kamisha, Makisha, and the thousands of others who have done the same thing. We commit these souls into your hands. Let your will be done in their lives and in ours. In Jesus Christ's name we pray and for his sake. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been a blessing from God in heaven to be with you tonight. And uh, make sure that you remember to pray without ceasing. Make sure that uh, you meditate on God's word. And uh, if the Lord should tarry his coming and we live, we'll be here tomorrow night with the continuation of the series dealing with prayer, praying through the Bible uh, series, which is approaching 500 messages by the grace of God. And I thank both of my sons for helping me with that. And down through the years, been a part of their lives, a big part of their lives. And, uh, and I pray that you will pray to God. I don't care what you are going through. Pray to God about it. And you'll be amazed at what he will do. So let's pray our closing prayer. Please stand with us. Holy Father God in heaven, we give you all of the glory, praise, and honor for all of it is due your name. And we praise you and we thank you for what you have done and for what you're doing. And Lord, uh, I pray that, Lord, you will help us to continue walking by faith and preaching your holy gospel and your holy word. For, Lord, not only are others blessed and encouraged, Lord, I'm blessed. And thank you, Lord, for giving me the strength to almost complete uh, 
and finish preaching every day through this month that the devil thought was going to be all his and uh, because of the so-called homosexual pride month but Lord uh, you put it in my heart to go ahead on and preach through this month and uh, Lord I still uh, don't feel any ways tired and want to travel on so give me your grace and the power of your Holy Spirit to continue to preach your holy word around the world Glorify your holy name, lift up your holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Grant us a wonderful afterglow and a great night of rest and sleep. Thank you for what you did again on yesterday in hearing and answering our prayers and blessing us so magnificently so that we could do and take care of some things today. And if you tarry your coming, and you allow us to live even tomorrow. Order our steps and direct our ways. Help your people to pray without ceasing. In Jesus Christ's name we pray and for his sake. Amen. As the music plays, I'll fly away. <laughs>